That was towards the end of the day yesterday. Yeah, we kind of did at the end of the day. I, I ended up somehow a Reese's peanut butter cup ended up in my truck. I don't know where it came from, but yeah, it, it was there and someone had to eat it. So it was me. <laughs> what a sacrifice. What a real sacrifice. Do you have more pictures of your goats and yourself on your phone? Does your vacation time get spent attending goat shows? Can you have a conversation without bringing up dairy goats? Neither can we. So join us as we talk to the country's best breeders, judges, appraisers, and industry experts about all things dairy goats. We are John Kane and Danielle Caroli. Welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat Podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by Danielle Caroli as the car rolls by. How's it going? It's going well. It's going well. How are you, John? What's going on with you? What's going on with me? I mean, let's take, we, we got a laundry list this week, but uh, we got hit by a pretty crazy storm uh, yesterday, and... We received nine inches of rain, officially, and thus everything flooded, the world was ending, and we have no water, so I was lugging water this for half the day today for the animals, and I'm kind of sad because I missed our recording. Yeah, I know. It was a good one. But I guess you get to listen to it and enjoy it as you're editing. And I'm glad that all you had to do to survive the storm was haul water because it was getting pretty harrowing, I'm sure, for a bit. Oh, yeah, it was. And it came on like out of nowhere. I mean, I knew it was supposed to rain yesterday, but nowhere were they like, hey, guys, there's a crazy storm coming, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was actually doing chores after cleaning up our fairgrounds after our show that we had on Saturday, which we'll get into on the next episode. But I got home, I did chores late, and it started raining right as as soon as I got done milking. And it was like torrential downpour, lightning, and the lightning's what kept me in my barn for over an hour. And I'm crabbing to you on Messenger. And you're like, oh, so you'll get a little wet. Oh, you'll get a shower. Little did I know that I would have enjoyed that shower because we have no water. Uh, but, <laughs> but we, uh, yeah, so I finally got out of the barn and finished up chores, got soaking wet. And yeah, it just kept raining and raining and raining. And we did lose one guinea hen, Keat, baby guinea hen. Uh, they are in a good little brooder box i guess you can call it outside i mean it's pretty big uh but they, it just took on so much water that one of them just didn't make it so but as far as losses if that's it and just a little bit of cleanup we're okay yeah no exactly that sounds probably as close to perfect as it can be in a storm like that i mean i know you've sent me videos of the roads by you and I've seen pictures and just the map of your area and 
how you can get out or I guess how you can't get out because (laughs) there are road closures pretty much every direction. Yeah, we're basically an island right now. There is one route out that uh, just opened up that is pretty sketchy for anybody. Um, So I'll be taking that probably in a couple days when I need to go get grain for the goats. Mm -hmm. Um, For a while there, we were literally an island. There was no way in, no way out. They were flying, you know, emergency crews in. Uh, boating, you know, they had airboats and everything coming in. They took an airboat down our Palisades Interstate Parkway, which is like crazy. That it, there's a video of just a boat going down the road. Doesn't even look like the, a road exists. It looked like they were in the bayou. Right. No, exactly. And for those that don't know, the Palisades Parkway is a major road, commuter road in your area. And used to handling yeah. some heavy traffic and then you see this video and like you said it's the bayou no there's no sign of a road at mm-hmm. all yeah i mean i'm outside right now and i can hear water rushing through through the creek like in the woods like it's it's crazy and and our community took a huge hit and some lives were lost and it's it's heartbreaking the amount of damage that has been caused. And we're just very, very thankful that the worst part of it all was having lost a guinea hen and lugging water. Like we're very, very thankful. And, and I do apologize to everybody that I was, and especially our guests that I wasn't on this recording, but I know you did a banger of a job, Danielle. And I thank you for that. Oh, no problem. Happy to do it you say the only suffering you have right now is that those things, but that is until tonight when your poor wife has to sleep beside you after you haven't showered for a bit. I did get a shower at work. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, thank goodness for tyranny. (laughs) Yeah. We have a shower at work. It's funny because I showered the night after the night of the show when I got home, because I was absolutely disgusting. And then yesterday with everything going on, I was like, I'll just shower in the morning. It's fine. And then then there was no water. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So I think uh, people are going to really love this interview that you had today. We might need to do a follow up on their way back. But what do you say we get right into the interview? Sounds good to me. All right. So it may just be me. We're going to have John possibly join us if he can. He is currently, as we are taught, we talked about experiencing a little bit of, or a lot of bit of flooding. So I'm going to conduct this interview. And then if John joins in, he will join right in with us. But we wanted to have these guests on because we are currently experiencing a bit of FOMO or fear of missing out. What better thing to do than live vicariously through some fellow goat breeders as they make their way across the country to the national show in Redmond, Oregon. 
while they're on the road, we decided we were going to do ringside on the road. And we are going to talk to Jason Peckham of Subline Ober Hosley and Jennifer Funk of Half Barn Farm to hear all about their journey so far. Listeners, just a note, we are recording this while they are on driving. They are on speaker, so we may run into a few service issues. We decided we couldn't miss this opportunity to record in real life with them during their epic goat trip coast to coast. Jason and Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on. And I guess we should start with how is it going? Good. Thank, first of all, thanks for um, having us on. So far, so good. Our motto right now is everything's going to be fine. We're fine. The drive is going well. We have not yet. So we're going good. So far. I, I'm a little scared, though, when it's everything's fine. We're fine. <laughs> And that's, that's your motto at this point? We're just going to leave it with that because it just works. Okay. You know, if any anything comes up, we're just like, it's fine. We'll figure it out. We're, we've got it. I love that. Let's start with introductions. Jason, can you introduce yourself and then followed by Jennifer? Sure. I am um, Jason Peckham. I have um, Sublime Over Hostly and I live in Maryland in a small town called Owings Mills. I had the 2022 Reserve National Champion for Oberhostly, so that was exciting. So that's who I am. I am also a teacher, in case you wanted to know. <laughs> I don't know if that's anything that you want to know, but yeah. Jen Funk, uh, we have Half Barn Farm Oberhostly and in, in Nigerian Dwarfs now. <laughs> Norwich, New York. <laughs> and uh, my family is back home and they're taking care of the animals there. So are you calling this a vacation? Kind of is. It really <laughs> is. I, th I think it's a vacation for both of us. <laughs> Jen, you started in New York and Jason, you started in Maryland. Where are you now and how many miles do you have on the road so far? All right. Jen actually started her travels on Saturday, this last past Saturday, uh, because she needed to drive down to my place in Maryland um, so that we could load up the truck and trailer and go out. Um, we ended up leaving on Sunday morning, which Sunday morning was, or Sunday, the entire day Sunday was a really long drive. We ended up driving for 16 hours because our goal was to get to Illinois so that we could meet up with another um, exhibitor as well. So that was 740 miles yesterday um, that we traveled. Jen did a 300 on Saturday. And today so far, we've done about 120 miles, I think. We just come into Iowa. Yep. And we're in Iowa right now. Oh my gosh. So this is, yeah, quite the trip from coast to coast. <laughs> yes. And it's quick, but it'll be good. Yes. Everything is fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. Exactly. And speaking of fine, what is on that trailer of yours? How many animals, ages, et cetera? Uh, there's a lot of animals on there. No, um, <laughs> I, from my herd, I brought, I actually had to bring all of my does because I don't have anybody to take care of them at home. Um, my roommate takes care of my bucks because they're, you know, she just has to give them food and water and just make sure they're okay. But, you know, milking is a little bit of a different story. So I brought all 12 of my animals. I have six milkers and six kids that um, are traveling with me. And then I 
have brought uh, three milkers, two kids that will be showing, and then we're transporting one junior out that we're going to be dropping off on the way and one buck that will be going to Oregon. Wow. So that's a packed trailer. Yeah, it's about 21 animals, I think it is. Okay. Um, I, I can't do math in the summer. <laughs> and also, do you really want to do math and be like, oh my gosh, we're driving across no. the country with this many? No. <laughs> so when did this trip start shaping up? And then how did it come together that you were both embarking on this journey with the other? Last year at Nationals, um, for those that don't know, the Nationals was in Harrisburg and one of my does was reserve national champion. And as I walked out of the ring, I had said to some of the other exhibitors, I said, well, I guess I got to, I have to go to Redmond next year. And then I kind of just became what was, I guess I breathed it into action, I guess. I don't know. And I was just like, I guess I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm young enough. I can do it. I, I can afford it kind of. So we're going to go for it and hope for the best. So for me, it started on at the end of the Overhostly show last year. And then for Jen, that she'll tell you. We were talking about it last fall, and then Jason was looking for a co-pilot. So we decided to plan the trip with him. That's awesome. And so initially, were you just going to drive with him, or did you decide at that time that you were going to be bringing animals as well? No, I wanted to take at least one doe while I was at it. I added some more on. Yeah, right. Well, if you're going to do it, you might as well bring a few, right? Exactly. Go all in. When, when yeah. we were planning it, she would be like, uh, can I bring another one? <laughs> what if I had one more? Everything no. will be fine. That's what I just said. <laughs> exactly. So you've been on the road for a day or two now. What is that daily routine looking like? Uh, figuring it out, really. But mostly it's driving, stopping for gas every so often. And then when they stop for gas, we'll give everybody water, check them over. Check for, give them hay if they need it. Yeah. Uh, making sure that everything is good with the trailer, tires, everything. You know, stopping at midday to milk out just so they don't have full udders in the, in the trailer at all. And trying, you know, just to stop and give the does enough time to relax for a minute before we head out some more. And how is it? When you're milking, are you unpacking everything and repacking again, or is that part going smoothly? How are the does adjusting to all of that? So far, we've just, um, we take out off the one milk stand. We have two milk stands with us, but we just took off one at the t um, so far. The girls have done okay with that. My girls are a little weirded out by it because they're used to two milk stands. And so they're like, why is there only one? But um, <laughs> The girls are doing fine with it. Um, we haven't had really many, any that are, you know, sick or anything or struggling with eating or anything. So we're doing well with that. Awesome. No, that's always good to hear. And definitely one of those concerns as you hit the road that you're going to have someone who just doesn't like it and doesn't handle it well. And especially on such an important trip, you got to. It's definitely a stressor. Yeah, we have, I mean, we've had a few that were just a little stiff. So we took them out, you know, and took them for some walks on, some, you know, solid ground and some grass, have their way out so that they could kind of just stretch. Because I think they were a little just sore from 
a 16 hour drive. Yeah, so. I would be, I would be too. I mean, and it's probably good for both of you as well. Yeah, we were stiff as well. <laughs> we definitely were. I actually was in the truck this morning going, I, my leg is still cramping. My leg's cramping. So trying to make sure that we were drinking enough fluids too. Yes. So, so. speaking of fluids, what are your go-to road trip snacks for this trip and beverages? Well, coffee to start. Definitely <laughs> coffee, but and both of us are iced coffee drinkers. So right at least at the beginning of the day morning. So, you know, we both had coffee. Other drinks, well, obviously water and soda if we need a little pick-me-up, especially because when you're driving, you get a little exhausted driving for so long at one period. But snack-wise, we're both kind of popcorn eaters, it seems. I mean, I've been doing the, the big purple bag from Costco, which is my favorite, is the sweet and salty kettle popcorn, which I love. I mean, just whatever we can grab. And we, we packed a whole bunch of things that are just simple and easy to grab eat like veggies and fruits so that it's easy access and quick and not messy and also relatively healthy i am impressed with those snacks i would be grabbing the m and the peanut m&ms or the gummy bears or something like that at least initially i would think we we that was towards the end of the day yesterday. Yeah, we kind of did at the end of the day. I I ended up somehow a Reese's peanut butter cup ended up in my truck. I don't know where it came from, but <laughs> yeah, it, it was there, and someone had to eat it, so it was me. <laughs> what a sacrifice! What a real sacrifice! You know, I do what I can. <laughs> yes, we got to get Kim K there, right? Exactly, got to get Kim K. How are you guys breaking up the driving so far? Well, this is, in, it, it's interesting for me at least because I am a kind of a control freak of my truck in general. And so, <laughs> and I, I'm not a very good um, passenger and my roommate will, you know, attest to that too. Sometimes she'll make me sit in the back seat if she's driving <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not a very good um, passenger, but we're doing pretty good. There's no room in the back seat in the truck. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but Right now, Jen is driving. Yesterday, I drove a, a good chunk of it, and Jen drove for, I think, like four hours or so. And then um, probably when we make our next stop, I'll pick up the driving, which it will probably be stopping soon based on the gas tank levels that I'm seeing right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then now, who is in charge of the radio? Well, this was a decision that we made way before we even left for nationals we talked about this <laughs> and we were like what kind of music do you listen to and we both agreed that it would be country so but it's kind of more of the newer country than the old country right now you know not dissing the older country because i love that too but you know Just this is that's what movie. we settled on so on the radio. yeah yeah <laughs> understandable i mean yeah it's definitely easier and then you don't have to be oh i'm gonna switch this song oh no i really wanted to listen to that you can just blame the radio dj right yeah exactly <laughs> so are you guys singing along or are you not singing so, yeah, How many somewhat i mean i, I we try <laughs> i mean i i don't know if i would call it singing <laughs> per se but i'm belting it up <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because I know 
I, when I'm on a road trip with people, I try and be respectful because I know my singing voice is not something that I should be sharing with the world. And for the sake of the guests and the car ride, it's <laughs> usually a little quiet in that regard. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but Do you guys have any tips or tricks to keep your goats happy and full of hay and water while on the road? Just keep offering it to them. And they've been doing really well with it. We give them fresh water whenever we can if it's starting to look stale and gross. Yeah, we pretty much when we stop each time, we'll, we'll you know change out the water. But then while they're while we're traveling, we put a lid on it so they stop, so that then they can get fresh water that's in there, and they don't have to wait for us to go fill up a bucket. Jason found some really nice alfalfa hay that they are all loving. Yeah, I went the day before we left and uh, I saw someone post it on Facebook Marketplace. That's a good tip. Keep watching Facebook Marketplace for a good alfalfa. And I found some up close to the Pennsylvania border. So I drove up and I was, it was a little nerve wracking because um, the, on Friday it was raining really heavy. And I was going, oh no, I'm not going to be able to get this hay because it's raining. But then there, it had like a window of like an hour, hour and 15 minutes of no rain. So I was like, I'm coming up and we loaded it in and got it home just in time for rain started. So I was like, thank goodness. So, Oh, that's perfect. And so they're not, they don't have access to water while they're driving, but they have access to hay 24 seven. Okay. Yes. Hay is, hay is always available um, to them. We try to make sure that to fill up more when we get to stops or, um, you know, if they need extra hay. In terms of all those supplies, you mentioned the hay, but are you bringing all of your supplies throughout the whole trip or are you picking up along the road? And then what about water? So we um, we brought enough grain for our animals because um, the grain that we, we use is hard to find out this way in Oregon because I've called a couple of places and they do not carry what we feed them. So um, we just brought enough for the trip. Hey, though, we brought enough for the ride out. But we are, um, we found a distributor out in Oregon and for hay and straw so that we're all good and ready to go during the week and then our trip back. We so. give them water every time we stop for gas, which is about every 250 miles. So they do get it frequently during the day. And are you putting anything in that water to kind of change the taste of it or? Nope, they're not worried about it. They're chugging it down. We do have yeah. Gatorade with us just in case we need it, but so far so good. Oh, that's cool. Cause that's always one of my worries that the goats aren't going to like the flavor or it's going to be too chlorinated or anything like that. Yeah. With knock on wood, we've been lucky so far that nobody has, but we do, we, we are prepared for if um they do decide not to start drinking it so we have some Gatorade and some other electrolytes so and what are the temps I'm just curious as you're driving what kind of temps are you looking at right now right now the the gauge says 85 degrees so that's not too shabby no that's not so and yesterday I it was around the same but it did feel hot but it wasn't overwhelming like Maryland. and it's not Maryland or New York with the humidity 
<laughs> so the so, girls are probably loving life right now. Right. Which, which is probably why they're doing really well. Right. <laughs> yes. so a lot of milk. They're probably like, oh, this is cool. This is we're on vacation, too, at this point. Well, I hope they so, keep that up. Uh, yes, I, I, I hope they do, too. What are your planned stops for your overnight locations? Yeah, so this we we started planning this a while ago because um, our planning pretty much started like serious planning started in January. We realized after talking with some breeders that have traveled across the country before that we needed to reach out to a lot of fairgrounds and um, see if they would be willing to allow us to stay. Last night we stayed in um, at the McLean county fairgrounds in illinois and the fee was very very reasonable and they let us we were the only people that were there and um so we were able to unload if a girl got loose and wanted to just walk around she got loose and walked around and but the other stops we planned out with our other a couple of the other exhibitors that we're driving out with um as well and so we're Today, we're a little less mileage, so we're only doing 500 and some miles today, only, right? Um, yeah. And our goal is to get to um, Nebraska, and today we're staying at a horse facility, or tonight, I should say. So that'll be nice to go there. And then the other ones, the other two stops are at fairground, and the one our last stop before we go to Redmond, we're actually going to stay on Wednesday and Thursday so that the girls can just kind of relax on Thursday before going in on Friday because we're part of the Adkins National Show Committee. So we go on uh, in on Friday. Okay. That's perfect, though, because I know that that extra little bit of rest definitely does help them before they arrive at the national show. And a lot of readers swear by that. Yeah, that's that's what a lot of them told us to kind of do so that, so we're following their lead, especially if they have experience. So why not listen to someone that's got that expertise, so. And so how many people in this caravan you mentioned when all said and done and you arrive at Redmond, how many trailers are you thinking will be in this lineup with you pulling in? As far as I know, it's just us and another trailer. Um, oh, okay. But I that I am not sure if there are other people that are stopping at the same facilities um, at that last stop, and then they may travel and join us on the way in. But as of right now, it's just us and another um, trailer, and about four some goats so oh. between the two i should say oh okay. oh okay the two trailers not yes not their trailer having 40 no <laughs> two trailers with 40 total okay oh cool well yeah. that'll just make the road trip just a little extra fun and well or will it are you a pet are you guys pedal to the metal drivers or are you slow and steady well, I am very much, I am very much a rule follower. And so I am very much a, oh, the speed limit says 55. I'm going to go 55. But I started out that way and then we weren't making as much progress. So I had to go a little bit faster. So 
now I'm a rule breaker, I guess you could call me. <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Jen, what about you? Where are you on the spectrum? Um, I go more by where we're going and what time we want to get in. But the, um, the trailer is really loaded down. The truck is loaded down. So there's only so much we can do. We can't push it too much. Right. That's true. How far, as you look forward into the rest of your trip, how far are you planning on going each day, whether it's in hours and miles? Well, for the, um, our first was over 740 miles. And then today, I know we're going to do like, I think it's 580, I, I think. And then. The rest are around the 500, 600 mark for Tuesday and then Wednesday. And then our last day is 284 miles on Friday. Oh, okay. That's going to be like a piece of cake at that point. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and <laughs> well, hopefully anyway. <laughs> fingers crossed. Yes. So we're, I think that we're, our goal is, is like between eight to 10 hours each day after obviously the first day. So, so I know you were saying everything's fine. We're fine. But as you've been driving so far, has there been anything that you have encountered that you've had to deal with or adapt to? Packing. <laughs> yes. Packing has definitely been a Tetris game, I guess you would say. I think the hardest part is that when you have to, like, you're like, oh, I need that. And then you realize it's kind of in the middle of things and you're like, oh my gosh, we've got That'll take 15 minutes, but you have to do it. So we've had right. to adapt quite a bit in that way. Well, and you have two herds and two herds equipment. And then, I mean, I know I'm sure you guys have consolidated a bunch, but there's, you know, a lot of goats on that trailer too, and lots of different needs. So I'm sure it is packed like a Tetris game every time you have to get in. And then when you get someplace and you have to feed them or you have to milk them, it's unpacking everything as well. It really is. Yes. Oh. Uh, and that's something that if someone's traveling, they, they really need to take into account. Like, okay, it's going to take us, you know, 45 minutes to get unpacked, get, get this started. And then don't forget that you have to do it again to, before you leave. So it's definitely something to take into account as they're planning their trips. What about saving graces during the trip, handy tools or other kind of trips to make your travel easier? Ratchet straps. Lots of them. <laughs> lots and lots of those bungee cords, zip ties, uh, zip ties are really important making sure that um, you have extra screws for things that um, you may have lost one. Like I, for instance, I lost um, two of them on my um, milk stand. <laughs> so we had to stop and get some of those. So that's something, a tip, make sure that you have a little bit of extra, you know, handful of those in your truck so that you can use both of your milk stands. Yeah. No, I always feel like you try and pack and you try and be prepared and you have this toolkit that has what you think you're going to need. And then you get on the road and realize that it is the screw, those screws that you just do not have or the wrench that you need from somewhere else or little things like that, that you just can never be prepared for enough. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I totally agree with you that 
you're on your journey. What kind of conversations are you having? I mean, meeting of the minds, conversations about breeding programs. What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, we've had uh, some conversation about, you know, goats and what we think. Um, we were, we actually were just talking about this morning about, because usually they do their breeding, her and her husband do their breeding programs after they leave nationals. And she's like, oh, we're not going to be able to do that this year. And I'm like, yes, we can, we can, (laughs) we can call, call Nay and we can put it on speaker and you can have one extra voice in on your breeding plans for next No, no, no. Especially as you're driving back and you need those, you are inspired by what you see there, but then also the miles are getting longer and longer and you need that extra voice in the car. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've talked a lot about like different animals that we like and, and that we've seen so far, um, mainly in pictures. So we were talking about some herds that we've seen that are on the West Coast that we don't get to see in person that now we're going to get to see them in person. So that's kind of exciting and could influence some of those conversations on the way back. Yes. No, that's great. I just, I think it's so fun because like you said, it's a different perspective to kind of add to it, but then also very I think for both of you, very similar herds and kind of direction that you're both going. So the insight you guys get to make together to help each other out is going to be tremendous. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we want, but I think that what we would like is like, because we always hear, and this, I, I always hear, you know, it's so competitive on the West coast and it's, it's not as easy to get legs. And I was like, I want to prove that the East Coast can be just as competitive too, but also that I want, I want, I want herds that want to compete and want to challenge each other to be better. So that's what I like that, you know, there's a lot of over, over hustly breeders that are, you know, popping up on the East Coast. So that's exciting that we get to do that too. No. And I think ultimately the breed only advances when you are collaborating together. I mean, obviously you are going to compete against each other. There's 10 animals that have to go into a show at the very least for one to get a leg. And so different, and there has to be two exhibitors at least to make that leg count. So competition is good, but you also need to have that collaboration as well, because otherwise breeding programs are not going to advance and the breed is not going to advance. And I think that is something just kind of talking to different people and the way they use animals and in pockets of the country, you see a lot of strengths in their breeding programs because they are able to not only compete, but collaborate. And I think that's so important. Yes. I 100% agree. Yes. 100%. I know you mentioned we got to bring Kim K there. But what are your goals for nationals this year? My goals, let's see. Personally, my goals are, uh, I don't even know, really. I mean, I want to, I wrote out a whole list last year of like, what are my goals for my herd in general? And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of them were simple things that have nothing to do with a national show. And then there was a whole section on national show and 
I want to win a milking class at nationals at some point. Um, I, I haven't done that yet. And I want, I, I want to, you know, compete for some of the other awards like premier exhibitor or things like that. So those are some of my goals of, of when it comes to winning things, <laughs> but yeah. uh, in general, like my, my goals of this one is to just kind of go out and, and spend a lot of time as well with just all these like-minded people and have some really in-depth conversations because they're, I mean, a lot of the people that I've seen that are going have so much knowledge to share. And I want to be able to walk away with a lot of that knowledge. So I'm going to, you know, force myself to step outside of my own bubble and kind of have discussions and talk genetics, talk medicine, talk, you know, goals and things like that. So that's one of my goals as well to do. I am so excited to be going out to the West Coast with some animals. That's my main goal. And then, I don't know, some pottery would be great. But if it doesn't happen, that's okay. We're going to go and have fun. And yeah, I'm excited to talk to new breeders also. Or just breeders that we aren't normally able to see in person and and then I will just wrap this up really quick for you guys because I've worked through most of my questions and we are so appreciative of you guys taking your time while you're driving to kind of bring us with you, if you will. I mean, I know for myself, when everybody makes these tracks, you always kind of want to keep track of where everybody is, how they're doing and do these journeys because so often everybody's missing out and everybody wants to be a part of it. Thank you for having us. Okay. So where can we find you guys as we're keeping track of this journey? We're doing a lot of updates on Facebook. Our page is half barn farm. And mine is sublime um, dairy goats. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I forget if I named it like, cause I, I did it a long time ago and then I changed it to sublime over but it is sublime. If you look it up or you go to my name, you'll find my, my herd page there. Perfect. And then we've been posting at, I've been posting at night. I think Jen posted this morning, some pictures or somebody did from half barn okay. stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're, 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 we're kind of documenting with just some pictures of what's going on and um, each day. So awesome. And then we will all get a chance to see you in the ring as well in a couple of days. I'm sure we will see those green Crocs for you, Jason. Uh, actually, no, I will not be wearing <gasps> green Crocs in the ring, but I do have green, my, my green lantern shoes. Okay. All right. So there You're, will be, I guess green. that's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't wear Crocs in the national show. I think it's oh, okay. actually in the rules that you can wear Crocs. Uh-oh. That's a that's a tough one for most breeders around here, at least. <laughs> no, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, I no. would totally wear my green Crocs in. I'm wearing them right now, but, you know. Well, I that like, is... I, I, like I said, I'm a rule follower, so. Yes, no, it's... I, I think that's one where you, you do have to follow. I'm sure they would not be too happy if that was the case. And that was, that was in the rules. So yes. I'm going to let you guys go now so you can continue on your journey, but best of luck to both of you. And please keep us posted as your travels go.
Thanks, Danielle. Well. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you for having us. No problem. Take care. All right, you too. You too. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.